What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. I just wanted to personally thank you for making video games, like making this possible. <laughs> I, I wish it was, I wish it was me. <laughs> when I first started, before we had software done, I was, I was still trying to make money on the side. And I remember a guy was making um, PC games, PC educational games for um, math students for um, K-12. And I remember on my Atari 1200XL computer, hand painting pixel by pixel, filling in all the color grids. And uh, we, we have come a long way when you look at uh, the level of realism uh, and real-time rendering that you can get on uh, an iPhone. It's pretty spectacular. Um, and that is, you know, you, you, you're familiar with Moore's Law. Have you ever heard of Moore's yeah. Law? Yeah, yeah. So Moore's Law, we think, has probably been eclipsed now, and it's probably every, not 18 months, maybe every nine months, we see a, an order of magnitude improvement, whether it's in the cost of storage or the speed of the compute or the number of circuits we can put on a chip. It's gotten pretty insane. And work that we did pioneered 35 years ago in virtual reality uh, at Silicon Graphics, you know, we came up with what something called VRML, which is like HTML, but for VR. Mm-hmm. It was 35 years ago. And it's only now yeah. that uh, things like Oculus and the right. hardware has gotten inexpensive enough that uh, the general population can have it and there's a whole new world of opportunity for people creating content for vr and then take that one step further to ar which is augmented reality and look at what's happening and how that's disrupting things like shopping experiences medical um it's what's i think been um Not surprising, but uh, very, very heartening to see the adoption of these technologies and how they actually improve the workflow, improve the lives of people, whether it's uh, helping people see things better, uh, quicker, uh, in real time. I'm a big fan of data-driven visualization as well. So it's in in some ways it feels like 35 years Oh my gosh, look what has happened. But look, there's so much left to do. Uh, virtual humans, synthespians, uh, virtual characters that are <laughs> uh, driven. I was in the first in the first five years of the virtual humans uh, movement. Um, this, th- they're still, um, we, we're not there. We, you know, yeah. when you look at uh, digital stunt doubles in the movies, mm-hmm. you, can't tell. I, I would defy you to, to tell. I mean, so the integration is is absolutely perfect. But being able to have a digital character that a Spielberg could direct, 
tell the character what to do mm-hmm. and then the character reacts accordingly. Right. We're, we're still a ways off. I don't know if we're decades off, but we're, we're not far off from having directable digital characters. Mm. So do you see yourself like jumping back into the stage and making some new 3d technology? You know, I, I don't, um, uh, it was about four years ago. I was invited to the industry conference that we have. It's called SIGGRAPH, S-I-G-G-R-A-P-H. Anyone who's, who follows this field knows that's the industry conference. We dominated that conference for all the years we were in business. And that's where all the new technology rolls out. And wow. I was unofficially the mayor of SIGGRAPH. And <laughs> when I, I left that whole world in 2002, so that's, you know, a long time ago and got into internet and real, real time, rich internet application development. Um, I was invited back to SIGGRAPH as one of the pioneers and mm-hmm. yeah. I, it was funny. It was in Los Angeles and there was, you know, there's 20,000 people there. And I, I went into this one ballroom that had, I think they said there were 2,200 people in that class and the team from double negative in London was doing a breakdown, what's called a shot breakdown on uh, the Transformers movie. So they were showing how they took a scene and they broke it down. This is how we did this. This is how we did this. this." And it was all done with Maya. And I'm sitting there in the back of the room and I'm looking at all these young people soaking it up. And I'm like, Dude, we we did that, right? <laughs> we, we were yeah. the ones who 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 knew this is where it was gonna end up, and you know I'm the old gray haired guy, <laughs> and, and in the lobby no one knows who I am, you know. Um, but as I was walking, if I my uh, presumption was if I saw someone else with gray hair, chances were I knew them. <laughs> if I didn't know them, they knew me. And that was true. So getting to meet Glenn Entis and uh, Carl Rosendahl and, you know, all, all of these guys who are, are, you know, well-known figures were all, you know, early pioneers. But, you know, the only thing about a pioneer is, is you're out in front of everybody. So you got a bunch of arrows in your back, they say. <laughs> yeah, that, I was really curious about that because you're someone who basically pioneered the way for all modern entertainment and modern like video games and everything but you don't get that much recognition. Like I, I would expect like if you pioneered the a whole movement of, of entertainment, you should be like the most famous, like popular person in the world. That's what my mom says. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, it, it's a team sport. Software is a team sport. Right. Uh, it's a combination of, cause you know, I'm not a coder. I'm just, uh, I'm an interpreter. I'm the one who can sit at the table with Disney and listen to them explain what they need to do in the early days, you know, before Disney had any computers involved in production. And they would say, this is what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And they talk from the point of view of artists. And then I come back to Santa Barbara and talk to my engineers and I can put that Disney conversation into engineering speak because I, I know my engineers and it was that sitting at the middle of those conversations, whether it was with uh, data visualization scientists uh, from Harvard who was studying something, or it was 
uh, a product designer at General Motors who was just saying, Mark, we're just trying to do this, take it back to the, to the software guys. And then having a closed loop where as we deliver software, having really, really tight communications with them to make sure that what we built was what they you know, had said they needed. And it, that is, in my mind, it was that really close relationship with clients over a, a 20 year period that, that put Maya on the top of the heap. You know, we, we were recognized. Maya got an Academy Award. Um, we, um, our teams, um, individuals got four scientific and technical achievement awards uh, for crazy. the software we developed, but mm-hmm. you know, that, that you can't take that to the bank. So <laughs> it's, it's mostly, um, it's mostly, um, you know, I, I don't really talk about Maya that much. Um, four years ago, I had saved every single piece of memorabilia from Wavefront from the very beginning. Uh, our design documents, our advertising, our, all the software data cassettes, the videos that have been submitted every summer for our um, demo reel, everything, all the gifts, uh, Christmas cards from Steve Jobs, um, T-shirts from clients in Japan, everything. 2,000 items I had in storage, and I donated all of that to the University of Minnesota's Charles Babbage Institute. Charles Babbage, as you know, is the father of modern computing, and they had built a resource center which categorizes the beginning of computer graphics. So we were just one part. I mean, there was there were lots of people in uh, you know the uh, late '80s and and early '90s that were innovating constantly, but mine became the cornerstone of that collection. And in fact, if you were to go to the University of Minnesota today and to the Charles Babbage Institute, mm-hmm. in the hallway in the lobby, there's four big cases that have original movie posters signed by the crew, um, photo of the Academy Award, um, all kinds of signed memorabilia and things. So it was, I, I feel that um, my, the accolades may come uh, over the years as researchers are studying and writing books and learning more. That's kind of how history works. That's amazing. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.